Welcome to RevMD, a podcast created for healthcare professionals by healthcare professionals. We will share tips on medical billing and coding, as well as workflow optimization to help practices succeed, thrive, and grow revenue. This week, I'm going to answer some questions that have come through regarding telemedicine and billing. So as you guys know, it is a full-time job keeping current on all of the medical billing and coding rules that change each year. And that's not even to mention the more complicated rules that are going on with telehealth right now, especially with the public health emergency. Now, you know that, or you may not know, uh, CMS actually proposed some changes this month in July uh, for the 2023 changes. Now, they're not finalized yet, so we don't really know after public comment what's going to stick, what's going to not. And as we get closer to reality, I'm certainly going to come back and we can chat about these further. So today, I'm just going to share with you guys what we know regarding telemedicine rules as of today, July 2022, with regards to insurance coverage, eligibility verification, And then we'll also talk a little bit about modifiers and place of service codes. Now, as always, the RevMD podcast is for educational purposes, and the information I'm sharing is really my interpretation of the material that is actually publicly available. And so if you do have questions or concerns regarding billing and coding, please consult with your certified medical billing team, as well as your legal team if necessary. So as you guys know, during the public health emergency, or PHE, uh, CMS and a lot of the private payers really relaxed their restrictions on telemedicine. And these changes were intended to be only temporary. Now, there have been some changes that have occurred with regards to behavioral health visits, and we are seeing that those changes are going to be permanent. And this also includes patients who you're treating for substance abuse disorders. Now, in the both the 2021 and the 2022 CMS final rules, CMS indicated that they actually do not believe that they have the the statutory to continue with the waived restrictions after the PHE. Now, when the PHE ends, we are expecting uh, CMS to change some of the reimbursement, especially when it comes to the patient being at home for the telemedicine visit. Um, And we've heard that they are not planning to continue to pay for telephone codes. So that's the 99441 through 99444. But really, who knows if CMS is going to change their mind. We've got some proposed rulings for 2023 that are out there. Um, And again, most of what I'm talking about is what we know today. And um, I think we'll know more here in the next few months. And I think most of this will settle over the next year or two as the public health emergency hopefully comes to an end. So as of today, CMS does continue to pay for office visits that are either audio or visual uh, communications, um, which is, again, using those E&M codes. They do also continue to pay for audio-only communication, um, like the 99441, 99442, 99443, during this uh, pandemic phase. Now, when that PHE ends, um, it has been proposed and seen even in the 2023 rulings that CMS will no longer pay uh, for these uh, telephone-only phone calls, as well as putting some additional restrictions on the telehealth visits again. Now, Congress did pass a law in 2020 
the SMART Act, which mandates the use of behavioral health services via telemedicine after the PHC ends. And um, that can be both audio and visual as well as audio only in certain circumstances. So I won't spend time going over that today. That will be in part two of the telemedicine podcast. Now, if you do have questions regarding the specifics around this, the CPT code, right, the Bible, is a place you can go and there are stars next to codes that CPT, where they're believed to be reported uh, via telemedicine. And so um, these are listed in the appendix. Now, of course, government payers, commercial payers have their own coverage rules. So please, please check and make sure that you understand your specific payer rules and the specific changes that are rapidly evolving. As always with any area of medical billing and coding, it's critical that you know, okay, who am I contracted with, right? And what are their specific rules around telemedicine? And speaking with them ahead of time so that you truly understand the nuances and the documentation that you need that are specific to your payer. And you may even see denials with regards to this. And I would say if you've spoken to your payer, you've gotten the rules and you've documented that, um, keep those conversations handy in case there is a denial um, that may be inappropriate. Now, as the PhD ends, I think we'll really understand what telemedicine is going to look like as we go into the future. Right now, there's still a lot of variation in coverage, and it's important to know the specifics from your payers. So you're going to want to make sure that your team is staying on top of the changing regulations that they put out and also paying attention to um, the policies that they've sent you, the changes they've sent you, and even getting on the phone with them and asking specific questions. So some questions that you can think about when you're asking your payers regarding telemedicine coverage is going to be things like, which specialists can bill for telemedicine? What are the healthcare services through telemedicine? Do insurance companies or does your insurance company specifically cover live video telemedicine? What restrictions or conditions are there in place that patients have to meet before they qualify for telemedicine? And of course, are there any number of restrictions on the number of times that you can do a telemedicine visit in a year? And another important one is how often do you need to see the patient in your office in order to continue to provide them telemedicine care? There has been some um, recommendations and uh, guidelines put out regarding, uh, in, you know, a first initial visit, one visit every year, and some of that is still kind of getting solidified. There are also some insurance companies that offer telehealth services to their subscribers. Now, not with your practice as physicians, but with their own physician or providers. So this is kind of similar to like a nurse call visit with an insurance or payer um, that some offer, right? And so you kind of want to understand if they offer that and does that then prohibit you or your office from offering telemedicine services? Let's talk a little bit about the process for telemedicine visits in terms of insurance verification and eligibility, et cetera. And in reality, this really shouldn't be that different from what you're already doing in the office. So just like in the office, it's critical that prior to a telemedicine visit, your office is verifying the patient's insurance. Your office already knows the payer's policies regarding telemedicine, and you're doing this 
at least uh, the eligibility piece through your EMR, right? That's something that's being automated as much as possible. So you're not having where your office is and having to make those phone calls. Now, once you've verified and confirmed eligibility prior to the telemedicine visit, then you can actually set both your office and your patients up for success when it comes to reimbursement. Now, you could even post charges to the patient's chart before the visit itself, send them um, a bill to have them pay any deductible co-pays or co-insurance before you see the patient on the telemedicine platform. That is an ideal state, depending on your EMR and the way that you're submitting patient bills. If possible, have a specific insurance verification report for telemedicine coverage. Like I mentioned, having that documented, having that saved. So if you do have any denials, you have that ready to help your billing team um, manage any of those if, if necessary. So now we're going to talk a little bit about billing and codes that are unique for telemedicine. So from a CPT perspective, it's important that you recognize that there are two things to document when you bill for telemedicine. For most telemedicine visits, you are billing the same E&M codes. Now there's some exceptions to that when it comes to some audio only codes, which we'll talk about. However, when billing the E&M codes, you have to make sure that you're using the right modifiers and place of service or POS codes. One of the most common complaints regarding denials is not using the right GT or 95 modifier, depending on your payer. Let's talk about the place of service or POS code. This is a two-digit code used on claims to tell where the session took place. Now, historically, practices primarily saw patients in the office, so they only used one code, POS 11, which was often not even used or documented, and health plans just assumed you were in the office. Just as we were getting used to telemedicine telemedicine visits and codes and what POS to use and to add, CMS actually changed that for health plans starting in January 22. So I want to make note that The POS codes that I'm going to review are effective January 1st, 2022. And the the CMS changed the definition of the POS code 02 that we had been using for telehealth and introduced a second telehealth POS code 10. So the POS 10 is a telehealth visit to a client located in their home. So this does not apply to clients who are in a hospital or a nursing home or an assisted living facility. This is physically their home. Now, POS 02 is a telehealth visit to a client who is not located at home. So you want to make sure that you're using those appropriately or that your billing team is uh, using those appropriately. Now, let's talk about modifier 95 and 93. And again, I'm going to stress this, you have to stay on top of the changing regulations around this. I'm sharing today information that's accurate as of today, July 2022, but we all recognize that there's a lot of changes that have been proposed by CMS, and so we want to make sure that we're staying on top of those. So let's talk about modifier 95, which is defined as a modifier used to signify that this is a synchronous telemedicine service through a real-time interactive audio and video telecommunication system. There's also another modifier, modifier 93, which is defined as synchronous telemedicine services via telephone or other real-time interactive audio only. 
However, we've not had a ton of experience with this one, but we haven't also seen much guidance on this from CMS, but it is an option to be used. And we don't want to confuse this with the FQ modifier that has also gone live in January of 2022, which is really just for behavioral health services. Now, please remember that every payer is different and you've got to make sure that you're billing teams on top of which contracts you're credentialed with and um, what's their policy around this. There are also CPT codes for audio-only phone calls during the public health emergency, which are the 99441 through 99443. And you can look at specifics regarding these, which primarily has to do with duration of time. So these are really only for physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants who are billing for time. And the 99441 is for that five to 10 minute increments. The 99442 is 11 to 20 minutes of medical decision uh, making through a telephone only evaluation. And then the 99443 is 21 to 30 minutes. Now, other healthcare professionals may also bill Medicare for their services, like a registered dietitian, a social worker, speech language pathologist, physical and occupational therapy, which would use codes such as 98966 through 98968, which also, again, have to do with duration of time. Some other important nuances regarding billing for telemedicine that we know today is that if you're billing E&M codes, right, so the 99201 through 99215 for telemedicine, right, with the right modifiers, then the provider must actually use an interactive real-time audio and video telecommunication system in order to bill for these. You, of course, are not or should not be using applications like Facebook or TikTok or whatever new things come on the market these days for social media. You want to make sure that you're notifying patients that some of the third-party platforms may have some level of privacy risk, though you've tried to mitigate that as much as possible. Most often, these visits are paid at the same rate as the in-person visits for now. The provider may choose to waive any copay or deductible, but it's actually not required to do so. There are several sources out there that share the information regarding the changes for policies and telemedicine coverage, and I'm happy to share those. Um, You're more than welcome to shoot me an email, info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. As I mentioned earlier, this is an ever-changing topic, and regulations were recently proposed for 2023. I'll spend some time to go over those as we kind of get more final information on those regulations. And there are also very specific things regarding telemedicine and behavioral health or substance abuse disorders. And I'll spend some time going over some of those topics next week. So if you found this episode helpful, I would love it if you go over to Apple Podcast, leave me a review, share with a friend. We are on a serious mission to help educate as many physicians and practicing healthcare providers as possible. And so the more people we can reach, the better we can do.